Welcome to Growing in Grace, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And now, here's the host of Growing in Grace, Mike Kapler and Joel Berizuki. Back for another week of Growing in Grace. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mike. Joel is with me again, as always is the case. We appreciate hearing from you, too, your comments and and uh, your feedback are appreciated. We uh, also enjoy your encouragement. Let us know what you think of the program. Let us know where you're located at and how you found us. We always enjoy hearing from people. And uh, There are folks who are listening to us on GodCast1000.com. All of our programs are archived on Joel's website at GraceRoots.org. And, of course, Grace Walk Radio, uh, GraceWalk.org. Lots of people listening through a number of different avenues, and we appreciate hearing from everybody. Yeah, big thanks, too, to Dave Lesniak, who uh, runs that radio station, Grace Walk Internet Radio. Uh, check that out. If you're listening to our, our program in another format besides Grace Walk Radio, I do want to let you know about Grace Walk Radio. 24-7, great grace-based programming at gracewalk.org. Follow the link for Grace Walk Radio, and uh, you'll be blessed with lots of great uh, things to listen to. Of course... That doesn't mean stop listening to us. <laughs> anyway, we were talking last week, Mike, about our sin. Christ has taken away our sin. Uh, so that's one thing that we need to get squared away, first of all, is that in Christ, you know, Christ died on the cross, and he became sin for us. And then he rose again from the dead. We've been raised to life with him. We've become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is a solid fact that the Bible states very clearly. That in Christ we've become holy, we've become righteous, we've become accepted in in Jesus Christ, accepted in the beloved, and that's something that we can be certain of. Uh, yet while we're while we're in these bodies, sometimes we instead of walking by the Spirit, we follow the desires of the flesh, and we do things that are not of faith, that are not of God. So we were talking about whether or not those sins will keep us from uh, fellowship with God. We got into the story of the prodigal son, and uh, I think uh, we just kind of got started on that last week, and and we want to kind of pick up where we left off there and and move into some other things as well, Mike. Yeah, you know, can sin hinder your fellowship with God? Of course, last week we came to the conclusion that no, it cannot. And look, I understand. uh, Your religious flesh cries out and says, wait a minute, this isn't right. I was the same way. Stay with us here as we grow in grace, because this is good news for all of us. And I know the religious flesh, all these red flags go up, and you think, boy, you guys are really diminishing just how bad sin really is. And and no, we don't mean to do that at all. Sin is bad. It, it's probably one of the only things in the Bible that made God angry with sin. Uh, in fact, it, it made him so angry, and he hated it so much, that he dealt with it through the cross of Christ. So let's talk about this good news about our fellowship with God not being strained, not being hindered because of problems that we may have with, with certain sins in our lives. So, yeah, we were talking about the prodigal, Joel, and how the, the son went away, did his own thing, left the father. But God, the father, his attitude, it, it never changed through this. Now, the son, his perspective of what the father thought of him, that changed. But God's attitude never changed. His love never changed toward the son. So, uh, again, as we started to hit on toward the end of the last program, the son, he's walking back home. He's going to tell his father about how he's not worthy to be treated like a son. 
just uh, hire him like a servant. He'd be willing to work and, and scrape the ground and do whatever he has to just to come back and have a place to stay. As he started to say this sort of thing to his father, uh, the father didn't even listen to any of it. First he ran to him, grabbed him, uh, get the robe out, kill the calf. It's time to celebrate. We're going to have a party. And then, as you mentioned at the end of the program last week, Joel, the other son, who's really represents or symbolizes the self-righteous, religious, legalistic crowd. He was a little bit upset because he thought, man, I've been here the whole time. And he's, he's getting equal billing with me, uh, <laughs> even though I've worked harder. So it's just an interesting thing, though, that the, sometimes we, we don't focus uh, on, on the father in this story. We focus on the son going away and coming back. But the father's love and attitude toward the son, it never changed even though he was out sort of doing his own thing there for a while. Yeah, so again, as we check out the two different perspectives of the two sons and and contrast and compare them, well, contrast them with that of the father, uh, like you said, Mike, we've got the prodigal son who had gone away in wasteful living, you know, just thought of himself as a worm. Maybe his father would accept him back as a slave. Now, he's on his way back. After having realized, you know, there's no life for me here and what I'm doing, again, maybe my father can accept me as a slave. And uh, I checked this out in uh, in the prodigal son story in uh, Luke 15. So he arose and came to his father. This is verse 20. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now, I don't know where you are in your life, in, in your perception of, of how your Father, your Heavenly Father, thinks of you. Maybe you feel like you're a great way off, <laughs> but your Father sees you. He has compassion, and He is ready to run to you, fall on your neck and kiss you, and throw a party. You know, the son's perspective was, maybe I'll, I could be a slave, maybe I could be a hired hand. The father's perspective was, I mean, you can just picture this father looking out in the distance, you know, being sad that his son is gone, is missing, and just waiting for him to come back so he can throw his arms around him and hug his neck and kiss him. And so that was the the father's perspective. So again, you, you compare the son's perspective with the father and then the older son who again said, man, uh, I've been here all along, and I've never, you know, sinned against you, Father. I've, you know, I've been faithful to you and all that. But, again, that was the older son's perspective. The older son really wanted nothing to do with grace <laughs> for his brother. And, and in fact, what the, uh, in, in that uh, culture, what should have happened with the younger son was since he had disgraced his family, he was to be stoned to death. Uh, but instead of that, the father said, let's kill the fatted calf and let's have a party. And so we contrast the fa- what the father thought with what the two sons thought. And you'll see that both sons were wrong about what the father's perspective really was. And what really counts is the father's perspective, his love, his compassion, his grace. And when we get that into our heads and into our hearts, then our lives in Christ will be so different. Because we'll be looking at a father, we'll have a, pers- a proper perspective of a father who loves us, who never leaves us or forsakes us, but longs for us, and longs to hug us and kiss us and, and, and show us as much love as we ever needed, more than we could ever want or need or desire. Well, I'm looking at First John, and I think it's interesting that in John's epistle, I think it was verse 4 of the first chapter, 
He said, And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. And then he goes on to say some things, and I skipped down a few verses now. John says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. What's interesting here, Joel, is our perspective as, as, as the prodigal son, his perspective of the father changed. We have fellowship with God, and there's nothing that we can do to hinder or hurt that. Please understand that. that that's so important for your joy being full, for having peace, knowing that you're justified by faith. If you were to go stand outside right now, it's afternoon here while we're recording this program, and the sun is out, it's a beautiful day. Uh, if I were to take you out there right now, Joel, and blindfold you, and I mean really blindfold you, and cover you up with a blanket or something, your perspective of being out there in that light would change because you wouldn't be able to tell that you're in the light. But that doesn't change the fact that you're still in the light. We as believers, we are in the light. We have fellowship with Him. Now sometimes, you know, our, our perspective changes and, and we don't understand that. We, we get a little bit goofed up. In Colossians, Paul said, You who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, blameless, above reproach in his sight. I hope you got that. You're holy, you're blameless, you're above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith. So I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, first of all, okay, Cap, you said if we, if we walk in the light. Well, we are in the light. Now, if you start thinking about whether we're walking in the light or not, we're walking in the light by faith, not by what we do. You see, because if we're basing walking in the light on our works and how well we live the Christian life, then we're back to trying to set a standard that nobody's really sure what it is again. You might determine I'm walking in the light and somebody else might not. And so it's nothing to do with that. And continuing in the faith is simply trusting in Christ and not in ourselves. And so it's easy to, in your mind, think that you're almost an enemy with God because things haven't been going well in the sin department for you. The blood of Christ has taken care of all of that. It's by the blood of Jesus that we've been brought near to God. Yeah, you know, the scriptures say we've been brought near to God. What? By our own works? No. By our own faithfulness? No. But by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we've placed our faith in Christ Jesus. And, and so, you know, all of these things in, in 1 John, if, if we read through this, if we uh, walk in the light, if we uh, confess our sin, if we... All these things are actually things that, as Christians, have already happened. We've, we've already done these things. We've already confessed the Lord Jesus Christ. We've already become in the light. And there are other scriptures that talk about this. First Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. He's talking about you, you who are listening to this. This is who you are if you're in Christ that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is where you are. You are in the light. And Paul says in um, Ephesians 5, 8, talking about darkness and light again, he says, you were once darkness, but now you are light 
in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Uh, So walk in the truth. Walk in all goodness. Walk in these things. Why? Because you are. And that that contrast, right here, I think, in this verse, we see the, the fact, the established fact, that by faith we've been taken out of darkness and we've become light in the Lord. So we are in the light, and we are. it says here, you are light in the Lord. And so because of that, let's walk as children of the light. But we can't walk as children of the light until we know that we are children of the light. And so the truth is, again, that we are in the light. And like you say, Mike, if we're blindfolded, if, if we're not walking by faith, but if we're walking by thinking it's all about our works, about our goodness, about our trying to uh, make this light thing happen, uh, then we're not walking in the light. We're walking in darkness because darkness can include some very good things. Darkness, in fact, can include good deeds that are done according to the flesh and not deeds that are done according to faith. And uh, we might have to talk. We've talked about that plenty of times. Maybe we'll pick up on that again sometime, Mike, but our time is actually up for this one. These last couple programs have gone really fast. I think this is some important stuff, Mike, that as we think about sin and the sins that we commit, whether or not they keep us from God, it's by the blood of Jesus that we've been made near to God, not by anything that we've done or not done. We can't make him love us more. We can't make him love us less. And we can't be any closer to him than we already are because of the blood of Jesus. I'm Joel along with Mike. This is Growing in Grace. Hope you'll be with us again next time as we talk more about this wonderful life of grace and how we grow in it. You've been listening to Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Baruzaki, a weekly program featuring informal conversation to help with growth in understanding the gospel and to live in the freedom that comes through Jesus Christ.